Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 hello and welcome to the situation report giving you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture and we do our best to give you the information you need because there's a lot of information out there but how do we make decisions that was that's what this show is all about my name is jeremy stonlicker here with chad robichaud and glad to have you with us today today we're going to jump into a conversation about something that we know exists but I'm not sure we actually understand it as well as we should. Uh, we talk about the crisis at the border. Certainly there's a crisis at the border. There definitely is a crisis at the border. But there is a huge humanitarian crisis at the yeah. border. So it's not just about immigration. It's about uh, the lives of the people on both sides. But right. many of those who are coming to our country, some against their will, mm-hmm. there's a humanitarian issue. And first of all, we need to understand it. But then we need to know what to do about it. Yeah, you and I talked about this uh maybe two years ago on, yeah. the, uh, on the Mighty Oak Show. Right. And uh, yeah, that's right. I think this is one of those topics that people feel like they have to take a political team. They have to pick a political team. Yes. And to me, this isn't a, po- this political. Isn't a political issue. Right. This is an issue uh, you know, that, I mean, the one, the border crisis and, and uh, protect our border, that could be deemed political. But when you talk about the humanitarian side of it, right. that should not be a political issue. Um, this right. should be an issue of uh, doing the right thing uh, for one, the Americans uh, that are impacted by this, and then those who are trying to come to our country, especially especially the women and children who are caught up in the middle of this, who are being incentivized to come, and, uh, and their lives are being put in danger. Um, you know, you guys, the sex trafficking, the, the, the murder that's happening there, and just the, the dangers that come with being enticed to come to this country in an in a unsafe and, and illegal way. Right. Yeah, it's, it's reckless for our government to... Um, pursue a policy that brings as many people into the country as possible without considering these other issues, these humanitarian issues. The politics around it are, should more people be allowed into our country, yes or no, and how, right? (laughs) But but not, are they being treated humanely through this process? Well, I mean, if, you know, I wouldn't agree with flooding our country with with new immigrants. uh, I mean, we already do. But we sure. do it. We do it at control rate. But uh, but uh, let's say the government, the new administration, did decide, let's bring more people in. Right. Then do it in a proper and humane way. Right. Don't just entice people to come through, you know, holes in the fence. Sure. <laughs> I mean, do it. The, do it the right way. Like, okay, we're going to bring more people in. We're going to create a process, and we're going to expedite people through. Right. Uh, but do it. Do it in a controlled way, yeah. a safe way. That's right. And there is a crisis, and we need to understand it. Thankfully, um, we have a, a guest on who understands this, who talks about this. Matt Locke is on with us today. He is a Newsmax, Newsmax contributor, one of the, has one of the longest-running conservative podcasts on the Internet, and is known as the conservative Sharpshooter, which may be a name that he gave to himself. I'm not sure, but it's a, it's a great name. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Really, really appreciate it. 
oh, you're welcome. And actually, my producer gave me that name. So I did not give myself the conservative sharpshooter, but I will give you the truth as I see fit. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I, I think the best nicknames are the ones you give to yourself. So, well, you know, wherever it came from, it's awesome. But uh, thanks for jumping on this with us. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Yeah. Matt, um, you know, clearly there's a crisis at the border. We're hearing it's a humanitarian crisis. Can you describe what it looks like down there? What's going on down there? Well, I'm not exactly for sure personally what it looks like down there, but I can tell you what I know from people that I know. It's a disaster as we look at these retention centers that are overwhelmed with unaccompanied minors that you heard a ton of talk about during the Trump administration yeah. that now we hear nothing about during the Joe Biden administration. We've got Kamala Harris who was put on this job, what, a little over three weeks ago. She hasn't made so much as a trip to the border. And I think there is a strategy behind that that I can uh, maybe fill you in on later. But uh, she's going to head to Guatemala and uh, I think somewhere Honduras, I believe, next. But we've got a problem. We've got a problem here. Um, A country without borders isn't a country. And, you know, President Trump understood that, building the wall, you know, trying to keep America safe. We've got terrorists now coming um, over the border at our southern border that we know are there, MS-13 gang members. But you guys hit on it here. We've got a humanitarian crisis with unaccompanied minors, rape, sexual assault, sexual trafficking of young children. And, And my mind is blown that the Democrat Party isn't trying to do anything to alleviate this problem. Right. Yeah. Um, what are what are some of the other humanitarian aspects of that? Because I think it's easy for us to say, well, this is a political issue, but it's not a political issue. I mean, you, you mentioned you know sexual assaults of children and minors, but there's so much more going on there as well. Well, you look at it down there on the border. First of all, you've got young children. So that's the first problem. They're coming by themselves. They're coming with coyotes. You know, these... Uh, how can I say it? These uh, officials, these people that are transporting uh, the people over the border, they're making tons of money. It's a very uh, fruitful uh, endeavor for the people of Mexico to bring these young children who they may or may not be family. Um, What's going on here? What are we doing with them? But you're looking at health-wise, we've got this COVID, we've got the coronavirus that the left has told us that, you know, we're supposed to be so afraid of 560,000 deaths, but yet the Biden administration is allowing these illegal aliens into the country untested. They're busing them, they're flying them, they're coming with phone numbers. I don't know if you caught that, but uh, President Biden's like, well, they're coming with phone numbers in their pocket and we're calling the phone numbers and we're reading uniting them with family are, are, wow. are you sure you're yeah. reuniting them with family i mean wow. they're coming with phone numbers and and the funny thing well not the funny thing i say funny a lot but the thing that that interests me the most out of all uh, of what we're seeing here is we're being told these folks these illegals are walking a thousand miles none of these people are walking a thousand miles they're, they're not walking through the desert they're not right. doing that stuff they're being bussed by organizations we're running advertising in social media radio channels in central america they're showing up at the border in joe biden t-shirts could you imagine the story that would be told by the lamestream media if aliens illegal aliens started showing up at the border with president donald trump t-shirts well, it, yeah. it would be a completely flipped situation but here we are spending taxpayer money to house illegals in hotels 
Uh, I think somewhere around $6 million a day. I saw the other day out of an article, we're not taking care of our homeless. We're not taking care of our veterans. We're not taking care of Americans, but we're inundating America with people who shouldn't even be here. What are, um, I guess two questions. What are some of the policy decisions that have led to where we are right now? And um, is the handling of this crisis different under this administration than it was under the previous administration. And maybe that leads back to uh, what is Kamala Harris doing and some of those things. But what are the policies that are wrapped around this? And maybe maybe why do the policies exist? I mean, why are we here? Well, you saw immediately when Joe Biden became president, he started undoing all of the policies that President Trump had put into place, the stay in Mexico policy. Um, we're not going to pay uh, the Mexico abortion policy. We're not paying for abortions in other countries. We had Mexico helping us at the border, keeping people there. Right. Uh, the catch and release that is now back. We're catching and now releasing these illegals without so much as a court date. Hey, by the way, when you get to wherever you're going, would you do us a favor and just go to your local immigration center (laughs) and make sure you sign up so that, you know, we can get you in court in three or four years. Um, All of the policies that were put into place at the border that stopped, I shouldn't say stopped, it slowed down the action we're seeing in the illegal uh, migration, immigration, invasion, whatever word you want to use, it slowed it down. And of course, the Biden administration came in and removed all of those uh, barriers. They got rid of them. So all of a sudden, you've got this big flow of illegal immigration coming into the southern border where our our border patrol people, I have several friends who are border patrol, they can't talk to the press. They're like, Matlock, I I can tell you this stuff that's going on at the border, but you cannot use my name. It'll get me fired. You know, we're we're seeing deteriorating uh, conditions at the border. We're seeing the policies being just completely removed from the Biden administration. They need, I'll tell you what's going on here. The Democrat Party is losing the minority vote in America. Mm -hmm. African-Americans, Hispanics, you know, in 2020, the numbers went up significantly for Republicans from these minority voters who the Democrats, you know, they they believe that they have them in the bag. They rely on these voters to vote for them and they're losing that. So what they're doing is they're bussing in or they're bringing in another permanent underclass of voters who may not be able to speak the English language, who may not understand or be able to assimilate to American society but by goodness, the government's going to give them free things. So why in the world would you ever not vote for someone? Why would you bite the hand that feeds you? Yeah. yeah. Now, for the other question that you asked about what's going on at the border and why isn't it being done and where's Kamala Harris, I have an interesting theory on this. So mm-hmm. you remember three weeks ago, President Biden came out and said, well, I'm going to put Kamala Harris right. in right. charge of the border. Well, think about what's going on currently with Joe Biden. Cognitively, the guy's not there. I don't know if he's got senility or Alzheimer's or just has that cognitive ability not to to do anything. But I was having a conversation with my friend the other day. And I said, you notice the White House shuts down Friday afternoon and doesn't open back up till Monday morning. And you don't hear a thing from President Biden. You know, they're going to try to take care of him. He's, what, 78, 79 years old. He's got this cognitive issue. They're doing the things necessary. So he turns over the authority to the Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, mind you, she thinks she's going to be president. 
Yeah. She thinks right. she's coming in behind Joe Biden right. here in the next year or two. Right. She's not going to go down to the border to where she can't fix that problem. And they don't want to fix that problem. Right. So for her to be seen as someone that goes to the border to try to fix the problem, it's a lose-lose situation for her. Because yeah. if she fixes it, she's labeled that she doesn't want illegal immigration in here. She, she doesn't want immigration, period. If she doesn't fix it, she's seen as a failure She's going to be the president of the United States in less than two years. You mark my words on that. So she's washing her hands of all of this. She doesn't want to be anywhere near it. So what's the next best option? They send down the secretary of the DHS, Mariakis, yeah. to take care of the issue so that if the blame needs to sit somewhere, it will sit with him, not her. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What, what can be done to deal with this crisis right now? <laughs> Build the wall. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it, look, I'm a common sense guy, fellas. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I, I rely on common sense. I, I'm, I'm the voice of the working man. Right. I'm no smarter than anybody else in this country. But I'd like to think I have some common sense. Well, build a wall. Is com- I mean, that right. makes sense, right? I mean, well, I mean, but, but, but walls work. Yeah. They work. Right. We've seen them work. We saw it in the Trump administration. We saw immigration get curtailed. We saw it, you know, go down. It's not going to end. I mean, you're always going to have this deal at the border because we're America. We're the, we're the shining I mean, city on the there's, hill. There's Trump a reason, right? people. It yeah. just same people that, you know, are on the other side of this argument are, are the people that say America is so terrible, but, you know, the, li- the line for America only goes one way. <laughs> right, yeah, they want to be here. We are yeah. the greatest country on the planet. We have the greatest freedoms on the planet so far. The left is trying really hard to get rid of those freedoms. But, you know, people are wanting to be in America for a reason. So it's never going to end, but build a wall. Mm-hmm. And let's start following the laws that are already set. You know, right. you saw this several years ago, and I, got, I know you guys are familiar with this story. Jan Brewer, who was the governor of Arizona mm-hmm. back during the Obama administration, she took the federal law for immigration and she made it at the state level. And what happened? Obama's AG, Eric Holder, sued her. Hmm. The, the Democrat Party does not want walls. They don't want the laws followed. You know, we see this with gun violence. We see it at the border with illegal immigration. If we would just follow the laws... We would curtail, yeah. I would say, probably 60 to 70% of the problem would be solved immediately. Right. But Just, we already, I mean, look at DACA, it, the, the Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals. It was an executive order. It's not even law. Congress can't decide what they want to do with it. President Trump asked them to do something with it. And then when President Trump went to the court to say, look, I want to get rid of it, the judge says, no, 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 you can't do that. Well, why can't I? It's just an executive order. It's not based in any law that has been written through Congress. So until we can get our act together, until we can (laughs) decide on which laws we want to follow and which we don't, that's the amazing thing about the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party decides what laws they want to follow in which laws they don't want to follow. So until we start following the laws, you're never going to fix the problem at the work. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide. With over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. 
Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. It's not that more needs to be done. We just need to do what we've already decided to do. Um, Matt, this is a question that uh, I like to have conservatives answer or discuss, talk about, particularly as it pertains to issues like this one. And that's the compassion question. I think so often liberals, for whatever reason, uh, they are able to pass themselves off as the ones who are compassionate. And that's why they're doing these things, because they love people. And conservatives hate people. And that's why we don't want uh, any of this to happen. Um, can you discuss that? I, I, I absolutely disagree with this. I think that compassion is taking care of people. It's providing for people. It's having a country that people do want to come to and not tearing that country down. There are a lot of aspects of this. But can you address the compassion argument that so many on the left will make uh, as it relates specifically to this? Yeah. And here, it's very simple. The, the Democrat left are liars. <laughs> but think about it. No, right. and I, I don't mean to be blunt, but it's right. the truth. The Democrat Party will tell you that they're compassionate. Right. They'll tell you that they want to take care of the little man. All the while, they will pass legislation that hurts the very people mm-hmm. they say they're compassionate about. Right. Minorities, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, you name it, women. I mean, look at women's sports today. We have transgender men that are playing in women's sports. The left says, well, we're compassionate toward that. No, you're not, because you're completely tearing down feminism. That's right. Title IX, the ability, men should not compete against women. You know this, you guys, you're military guys. Men are stronger than women, and we should be. We should protect our significant others. I'm stronger than my wife, thank goodness. I mean, I'm scared (laughs) of her already. But, you know, the whole thing is the left will tell you they are compassionate. They're not. True conservatives are compassionate. But we believe in the rule of law. We believe that there's a way to do things correctly. Now, I talked about the story that broke today, the eight people that were shot in Indianapolis. I'm a former Hoosier, now down in Texas. It saddens me. It breaks my heart that people lost their lives because a person was mentally deranged and went out and killed someone. But it doesn't mean you go take the guns. That's not the compassionate. The compassion is, how do we help these people who are suffering? How do we get to the root of the problems that we're facing in this country and take care of them? Every every conservative I know is compassionate. And, and I should say every liberal I know have compassion. It's not as if the human beings, we're, I think we're built with compassion. I think most yeah. people feel sorry for people who are homeless, who are down on their luck. I know my wife all the time, we moved down here to Fort Worth. We're from, originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana. We didn't see a lot of homeless people. Yeah, Down here in Texas, we see them everywhere. And my wife wants to give them five bucks, 10 bucks. You know, she feels sorry for the situation they're in. And I think most human beings do. But when you look at this, it, it, it's a fake argument on the left 
that they they are compassionate for the little man. They're, they're just quite simply are not. The left is they're they're concerned about two things: power and position. Yeah. How can we be in power over you? And how can we use our position to continue to gather power? Yeah. That does not go well with compassion. Yeah, that's right. right. What's crazy, when you look at some of these issues, um, seeing small children brought against their will to the border and then across the border, uh, trafficked as, you know, for sex purposes no. or whatever. That's not compassion. That's not compassionate no. at all. And no. yet that's the argument that's being made. Um, you look at homelessness, you, you know, the same thing, to allow, allow people to um, not get the help that they need, to not get back into a place where they can function in society. That's not compassionate. It's the opposite of that. And yet often, I think, Conservatives fail to understand how <laughs> to communicate the connection between the rule of law and compassion. Why do we have such a hard time making that connection in a way that people can understand it? Well, the hard time, I think, comes from the fact that conservatives always play defense. They're mm -hmm. always one step behind yeah, that's right. the progressive Democrat argument. So it, always, it, it will always come across as they're trying to play catch up. Instead of going out there and actually articulating what we as conservatives or me as a libertarian feel about compassion, number one. Number two, the media is owned by the left. Sure. I mean, sure. the media, the bullhorn, the way that you get your message to the masses, which is sad today, and that's what I try to do with my show. You've got a mainstream media that's completely an arm of the propaganda left. Yep. So not only are we behind in our message of where the Democrats are, secondly, we, we don't have as many outlets to get it out there. I mean, classic example today, um, I know this is going to be pre-recorded and it's going to air other at another time, but James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have been right. taken on Twitter. I, I mean, all the guy did was investigative journalism about mm -hmm. what's going on with the lamestream media and how yeah. they're an arm of the Democrat Party. And now social media, where everybody's at, you know, I'm trying to grow the Matt Locke show. I'm trying to get out to more people so that they can get more of the yep. truth, get more mm -hmm. of the message. And I always tell everybody that I know, you've got a couple options. Social media does not help conservatives grow. It, it just literally does not. So it doesn't help conservative lawmakers. It doesn't help at the state or local level. So you have to be, you know, I, I was having this conversation with my friend a couple of years back before social media kind of went crazy. And he says, what we really need to bring back is speakeasies. We need to bring back places where conservatives can meet and discuss ideas mm -hmm. in right. an open forum outside right. of the internet, mm -hmm. because the internet is not our friend. Yeah. Social media are not our friends, but there's nothing saying that in Fort Worth, I can't hold a meeting of like-minded people to have an intelligent conversation about the exact thing you just said. How do we get the message out there quicker? Right. How right. do we get a message out there to resonate mm -hmm. with the people that we want to be in front of? I mean, Lord knows I'm on a Facebook page where my video goes up off lens. You see it on my green screen here. They have almost a million followers on their Facebook page. I do a daily video show along with my audio. And out of almost the million people that is on the page, maybe 1% of the page sees it. Yep. That, right. that is how censorship works. So I've been saying for a long time, and, and this is very valid today, you have to start locally at the dog catcher level, at sure. the school board level, yeah. mm -hmm. at the city council level, and you have to start building that foundation that will withstand 
the garbage we're seeing from mainstream media, from the Democrat Party, from the people who are in cahoots with the Democrat Party. You just have to do it more the old-fashioned way, face-to-face, handshakes, kissing babies, that kind of thing. And I think you're going to see that come back over the next year or two because you just literally have no other place to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Matt, thank you for that. I mean, there's so much more we could talk about here. Where can people uh, follow you for real? So (laughs) uh, they're watching your videos or listening to your audio, uh, following your podcast. Where can people follow you? Well, the easiest thing to do is go to my website, themattlockshow.com, and that's lock spelled L-O-C-K-E, themattlockshow.com. My audio's there, my video's there, my social media's there, my shop's there. I do everything from that website, so please go check out themattlockshow.com. Awesome. Awesome. Matt Locke, thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, gentlemen, anytime. Thank you. Again, so many great points, but we want to boil down some specific thoughts for you that you can carry with you this week. This is your situation report. The first thing is this. There is a real crisis at our southern border, a humanitarian crisis that is not political. When we consider women and children being trafficked for purposes other than residents in the United States, uh, all of the issues around how this is happening, this is about the individuals, the humans involved. It is a humanitarian crisis and should not be defined by left or right. The second thing we must always remember is that policies have consequences. Matt broke this down, the difference between how this crisis was handled under the Trump administration, how it's being handled now under the Biden administration. Policies have consequences, and it's not just about politics. There are real people that will be impacted by these policy decisions. Uh, We see this in so many areas, but specifically today, speaking of the border and what's happening um, at our southern border. Policies have consequences. Third and finally, is the compassion argument. This is an argument that the left has held on to. They are compassionate, therefore their policies are the right ones. Conservatives have got to learn how to tie compassion to the rule of law. Following the rule of law, taking care of people, that is the compassionate thing to do. We need to reclaim that argument from those on the left so that we can pursue policies that are good for everyone involved. So many other great points were made today, of course, and I hope you go back and listen to the entire interview again, share it out. But those three are your situation report for today. Thank you again for watching, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. 